sick with the slang, sick and I'm destined for fame. Do for the fam, not for the grand. Stunt me a destined for pain. I do not front, I do not scam. Put some respect on my name. Sick like a rain, click and I bang. Y'all gon' remember the name. Y'all gon' remember the name. What's up, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls around the world? I would like to welcome you back to the Real Talk with Zuby podcast. On today's episode, we have got on a world traveler, a travel vlogger, and YouTuber. And this is the one and only Doug Barnard. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much, man. Happy to be here. Appreciate it. No doubt, man. Where in the world are you right now? So I'm in uh, Bucharest, Romania. Just got here last night uh, from Istanbul and um, just here for a few days, but excited to check it out. Love Eastern Europe always. Awesome, man. So Doug, I'm, I've been aware of you and checked out your videos over the years, but for people who aren't familiar with you, please tell them a little bit about who you are and what you do. Sure. Uh, so uh, I grew up in the US. I'm from, I'm American. I grew up in Connecticut and uh, went to school in upstate New York at Cornell University and then worked a few years in uh, New York City, uh, actually for Walmart corporate in their e-commerce division. And then uh, started YouTube actually kind of just for fun uh, right before COVID happened. And I started it uh, on a whim, basically, by flying to Saudi Arabia, of all places, shortly after they opened for tourism for the first time. Uh, so they created a tourist visa, and I thought, all right, if there's any place I could uh, possibly get a jump start with for starting a travel YouTube channel, it'll be this, this country that no one's really ever filmed in before, at least not on YouTube. So that was my thought process. I flew out there, had an amazing experience. Uh, but then came home after like 10 days and went back to work. And then, of course, COVID happened. And uh, in August of 2020, I ended up getting laid off as part of a huge layoff and a restructuring in Walmart e-commerce. Uh, but it was a total blessing in disguise because I um, realized this was kind of my now or never moment to uh, take this hobby and this passion project, which was YouTube, and go all in. Luckily, I had a, a, a bit of help with the severance package from my job. So I had a little bit of leeway financially to, to experiment or to, to give it a shot for a few months. And I decided to go for it and started traveling full time uh, from January 2021. And I've been on the road ever since then and uh, have focused mainly um, on destinations in and around the Middle East. And it wasn't really my plan but I kind of just fell in love with the region and, and, and found kind of a, a niche there and, and I just love it there. And, and, and so it's been amazing to dive into that region and, and share it all on YouTube and uh, really, really enjoying it. That's awesome, man. How many countries have you been to now then? Actually, oddly enough, Romania, where I just got uh, early, early this morning at like 2 a.m. is country number 50. So wow, very exciting. Hey, big five oh. Okay, okay. Yes, sir. <laughs> and before before you went to Saudi Arabia, had you traveled much before? Did you grow up traveling a lot or were you just in the States? You know, I we I, I traveled a, a little bit here and there uh growing up, but it was a pretty uh, it, it was usually close to home. So it was a lot of trips down to Florida to see my grandparents. It was a lot of um 
trips along the east coast of the u.s and then the only times they ever went international were like to the bahamas one time which is you know basically an extension of the u.s at least where i was in the kind of the, the whole like uh beach resort thing and then um uh one time it took a cruise in the caribbean but uh, i never actually went to i never left like the western hemisphere until i went to italy in high school and then a uh, little bit of traveling but um, I only really got into it once I studied abroad in Spain uh, in in my third year of college. And from there, I, I took a bunch of trips. I went on a solo trip to Russia, explored a lot of Eastern Europe. And, and that was, and before the semester started, right before I went to India. And that was where I really caught the travel bug and, and kind of had this realization that you, it was, it was almost like I was, I was old enough that I suddenly realized like, oh, I can just, I can just book a, a, a plane ticket and just go to these places. It's like, I almost didn't realize that before. And so that was a, this huge revelation for me. And, and, and from there on, it was just go, go, go. That's awesome, man. Um, are you the only person in your family who's, who, who's like that? Or is that something that, uh, you know, people near and dear to you do as well a lot? Um, my family likes to travel, especially my siblings, you know, they've gotten out there a fair amount, um, but not, not to the same extent, not to the same <laughs> types of places that I love to go to necessarily. So, yeah. um, yeah, I'm, I'm dragging them along like when I can and, and, and trying to push, <laughs> push their boundaries a little bit, uh, yeah, especially my, my parents. How many siblings do you have? I've got three siblings. I'm the oldest of four. Okay, that's dope, man. That's cool. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm the youngest of five, so you know. Oh, there you go. That. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell me about your before you went to Saudi, because I often tell people I appeal. You know, most of my listeners know, but for those who don't, I, I grew up in Saudi Arabia. I lived there for 20 years. You know, my my dad used to work for Aramco, and um, I often call Saudi Arabia the most misunderstood country in the world. Um, because I feel like I've spent the majority of my life. I feel like I've spent the entirety of my life, at least uh, my times in the UK and US and other Western countries, often inadvertently defending the country. Just because <laughs> if I say that, if, if I say that I grew up there, you know, people are always like, oh, you know, what was it like? Was it safe? What about this? What about that? Was it dangerous? You know, people are, people have so many very, very strong opinions and ideas and thoughts about it, despite the fact that almost nobody has even been to the country. And I find that quite unique. You know, if I say, I don't know, Estonia or Georgia or Chad or Mali or Ghana, people don't tend to have very strong opinions unless that unless they've been there. But if you say Saudi Arabia um, or even other Gulf countries, I mean, I'm in Dubai right now. I've literally got people in my comment section right now criticizing me for even being in Dubai right? because I'm, I'm sure they, they don't even want me to be here. Right. Um, and so what were your thoughts before you, before you'd ever stepped foot in the country? I know you've been there actually a couple times now, but before you ever went to Saudi, what were, what were your thoughts or ideas or preconceptions about it? Yeah, um, it's so true. It is such a lightning rod, like probably I, I think the most of any country, maybe Russia these days, but but um, Saudi just sets people off. Um, it does. <laughs> you know, my thoughts were I, I had this it, it, it was like very foreboding and mysterious. And that was what drew me to it, because I thought it was just like the last frontier in a sense. 
Um, I mean, of course, there are places that are more remote and less explored in the literal sense, but the fact that it was closed off, it was like this forbidden land that, that no one had seen. I mean, business people would go, but no one had seen from a tourism or just a, you know, leisure exploration standpoint. And, and so to me, it was like so enticing because it was this mystery that, that was, it was, it was like locked for so long. And then finally it was just, the door was open. So I, I guess I expected it to be this kind of very sterile, very um, serious kind of severe place where I felt like I would be walking on eggshells the whole time, just mm. trying to avoid offending anybody or trying to, um, you know, just kind of, I just thought it'd be very serious and, and, and very um, just kind of stoic and that it would, it, it wouldn't be like a fun place or a goofy place, a place to like go on crazy adventures and, and goof off with people. And um, yeah, that's, so that was where, I'm, where my impressions and, and a lot of that turned out to not really be the case. Yeah. And the first time you went there, that was, what was that 2019? When you first went? It was, it was uh, January, 2020. So, okay. Okay. Yeah. So they, they, they officially opened the, the tourist visa uh, in September of 2019. And so, like I said, I was working full time, but as uh, I just took the earliest opportunity I could with work to, to fly out there. And uh, so it was January, 2020. And I'm sure, uh, which we could probably talk a lot about, but I'm sure my experience uh, having only been traveling there since early 2020 is very different than the Saudi Arabia that you experienced growing up because, I mean, it is changing so much right now. And I've already seen it change from the first time I went to the second and third times, like drastically. And I know a lot of that started kind of before they opened the tourism. So, um I mean, you must have yeah. well, seen. Well, it's interesting. Yeah, it's interesting you say that because I mean, I have not been back to the country since two thousand and eight. So, wow, know, I lived there for twenty. I lived there for twenty years, but I haven't been there in fifteen. So, wow. Okay. Um, I know that it's changing. I know it's. I know it's expanding. I think. I don't even. I think maybe even the way that I first came across you was on YouTube um, with your Saudi Arabia trip, and you know, I, I myself actually am very curious to go back after. You know, someone who grew up there to go back now that it's opened up and all these changes. I mean, I'll tell you, like when I lived there, the concept of there being a tourist visa was like, like I, when, when they did make that available, I was like, oh, wow, like Saudi is doing tourist visas now. I was like, that's different. <laughs> or when I see their like music concerts or music festivals there, I'm like, whoa, OK, this is this is definitely different because at the time I lived there, um, yeah, that was not it wasn't really fathomable. You wouldn't you wouldn't have thought, oh, OK, this is going to, you know, 20 years from now, they're going to be having music concerts and festivals and people are going to be going on as tourists to this to this country. So just that. Um, yeah, it's it's definitely changed. And I'm curious to see that myself. Yeah, it was it was funny when I first went there. I would have people coming up to me all the time. And go, Oh, where are you from? America? Oh, good. Um what do you so which com, which uh, company do you work for which embassy and I go no i'm a, I'm a tourist and they go you're what, what do you mean you're a tourist I said, i'm a tourist I'm, I'm here to explore the country and to meet you people and, and learn about your culture and they're like huh they just like they would not get it <laughs> so it was just it's like people the locals a lot of them didn't even really realize it was a thing because it was so early 
Um, but it's funny you bring up the concert because I actually went to one of their first uh, concerts the first time I was there, I met some, some buddies of mine in Jeddah. Like, I mean, I, I'm just happened to meet them there and they took me to a Zed concert in, uh, in, um, cake King Abdullah economic city. I think it is on the, on the Red Sea coast outside Jeddah. And it was just one of the strangest experiences of my life because it was a full blown EDM concert with the guy up there yelling and the lights and the flames and the, 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 the beats. And it was just, everyone was sober and it was like a music <laughs> festival, but it was such a weird mix of, of things. And like, it, and it was a mixed uh, general admission crowd. So there were guys and girls on the, on the open uh, like floor together. And it was just like a total clash of cultures. It was fascinating to, to wow. see that happening like right before my eyes. Yeah, yeah, that's so fascinating to me as well, because like I said, that's, man, even in like 2007, that was like, I mean, when because, when, you know, when I grew up in Saudi Arabia, of course, this is from the late, mid to late 80s until 2007. And, you know, when I lived there, there was still, you know, with the, with the, re the restaurants were gender segregated, you had the mm. main section and then the family section. Of course, women were not allowed to, women were not allowed to drive. Um, I grew up in an expat community, so where I grew up was like a little bit of a bubble that was more more liberal and more relaxed and, you know, different. But then you'd go venture out into proper Saudi. You'd go to Dahran, Al-Kobar, uh, Hofuf, these other cities, which mm -hmm. were, you know, in the east. And, you know, you see the real Saudi, you know, you're going out to the malls, you're shopping, etc. So you kind of, you, you saw both sides of it. And I had, a, you know, I, I people hate the fact that I say I had a great time in Saudi, but, you know, it was a wonderful <laughs> place for me to grow up and to go to school. And it's not just me because people are, oh, you're just saying that because you're a man. And, you know, my I was literally talking to my mom today and she was talking about how much she loved Saudi. And my sister actually moved back to the Middle East several years ago. She's you know, mm -hmm. in the UAE now. Um, I, a lot a lot of people I know are actually moving are actually moving to the Middle East now from uh, the UK and the US and other countries. It's the and place so, to be. Yeah, it's fascinating because, as we said, people have such strong feelings about it. But then you talk to the people who are actually there or you go to experience it for yourself and you talk to different people, not just men. Right. Because everyone's like, oh, you're, oh, you're just a man. You know, you need to talk to a woman. And I'm like, there's women in their droves who are moving to Dubai. There's people who are moving here. There's I've seen female travel vloggers going to Saudi Arabia now <laughs> yeah. and shooting vlogs and stuff. And I'm just like, it, it, it's really fascinating to me. It's very fascinating. I mean. Uh, something that also struck me recently was um, the Arabian Sun newspaper. I saw that last December they put out a Christmas message on the front page of the Arabian Sun newspaper wishing wow. all the Christians a Merry Christmas. And I was also like, whoa, because when I lived there, um, we would go to church. There's no church buildings, but we'd go to church like either in the school or in the theater. And sure. you know, that was fine um, within within our community. But you couldn't bring a Bible, you know, you couldn't just bring a Bible into the country. Um, and when it came to Christmas, you know, you couldn't buy, you could celebrate Christmas, right? It's not like they're going to come, you know, no one's going to come in your house or whatever. But you couldn't like easily buy like Christmas decorations or Christmas. You could buy happy holidays cards, but, you know, they were kind of <laughs> Christmas. Christmas, that word was a little bit of a, uh, you know. Um, but so so to see on the biggest on on the like the main newspaper the arabian sun just merry christmas you know i was like 
Whoa. Okay. Wow. Uh, and that was the, that was their first time ever. So that was December 2022, and that was their first ever Christmas issue of the newspaper. And I was like, wow. Okay, this place is um, it, it's changing and it's changing rapidly. So tell me about your experience there, because um, you've been a couple times now. But tell me about the first time. Tell me, you know, just how those perceptions have changed. Yeah. I mean. It's funny because, like I said, my impression going into it was that it was going to be just this very, like, I'd be kind of sitting there, like, very respectful and observant and just uh, just kind of solemn. And that was just not the vibe there at all. I mean, it was it was just like, hey, Habibi, you're from America. Okay, <laughs> you, you come with me. You come to my house. We're going to eat a, a big lamb. And it was just everything was Snapchat there. You know, love Snapchat there still. It still dominates social media over there. And um, it was just like so um, fun and like happy. And, you know, there was definitely a lot of excitement about, you know, me being a foreigner and a tourist like that. Like I said, that was, you know, super new at that time. So that was part of it. But it was just, it just has such a reputation of being so severe and strict on the outside. But then you get there and you meet like young people who are into the same TV shows and movies and an artist that you are and and like, you know, they're dressing the same way. And, and it's just like, oh, yeah, uh, people are people everywhere. And like they like to have fun and they like to hang out with their families and their friends and, you know, drive around and go to the beach. And so it was just like this massive realization for me that like it's 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 not as um extreme at least in terms of the day-to-day -day, you know just vibe that you get from walking around there as as uh as we've been led to believe um now i don't know what it was like 10 years ago but but um i can only speak to you know how it has been changing now but um it just yeah it, it felt very exciting there was a lot of excitement in the air a lot of the, the young people super excited about the changes that are happening in the country the the concerts coming in the movie theaters um and and i i just uh you know i've made a lot of friends there and and they're they've taken me all over the country on these wild adventures and and um <laughs> i don't know i i love it and i think they have a huge tourism potential um, which they've never really milked before uh, because they haven't been interested in it. But then, you you know, you start to dig in and there's no tourism infrastructure. So one of the things is you really do have to, like, meet people still and, and kind of carve your own path. Uh, but but when you do, I mean, there's so much to see there. And it is like it's it's really uh, it's really cool to see that developing. That's awesome, man. Which uh, which cities have you been to there now? Let's OK. So I've been to uh, Riyadh, Jeddah. Uh, Medina, actually. Um, uh, Abha, Jazan, Taif, Hail, Tabuk, Damam, uh, and and Alola. I think that's all. Oh, wow. that's, that's well traveled, man. That's well traveled. <laughs> Dipped into Riyadh, Jeddah, and then and then went back out. I mean, how long were you there the first time? You said ten days. Yeah, the first time was 10 days. And then the next year, I went back for about a month or a month and a half, actually. Um, so and I, I ended up taking a road trip, like all along the uh, west coast of the country. So down to Abha and, and uh, Abha and Jazan, and then back up to uh, Taif in the mountains. And 
Okay, Saudi road trips are, are a whole other thing. That is, it's <laughs> it's crazy. Okay. I know Saudi has this reputation for speed rate for um, drag racing in the cities. It was like one of the yeah. go-to hobbies, I guess, back in the day because there were, wasn't a whole lot of entertainment to be had. <laughs> and they're trying to cut down on that apparently, so they'll throw these um, speed bumps down like on the outskirts of cities, but you'll have been driving in the desert for like four hours, and then all of a sudden, like a little town is coming, and then it's just speed bump out of nowhere. And it was like, you, you just hit these speed bumps going crazy, crazy fast down the highway. So um, the, the <laughs> Saudi road trip was an adventure and it was, it was solo, but um, yeah, yeah, I've been lucky enough to see a lot of the country and you were, That's you were, so you were out in the, were you out in um, Damam? Is that where you were living? Uh, that, that would be the, cl- one of the closest big cities to where I was living. I was about okay. two hours I was about two hours from that. Um, I lived in a place called Abcake and then Udalia. These are very small, very, okay. very small communities. Um, but yeah, Damam was about two hours away. Gotcha. Okay. Did you, yeah. did you get to explore the, the country much outside of the Eastern I region? I, on, honestly, I didn't. Outside the East, not much. Outside the okay. East, not much. You've, you've, you've seen more cities. Um, I would, I've spent more time in the country, but you've definitely seen sure. more cities and more recently than, than I have. Um, also, remember, at the, at the time, I was a, I was a kid, right? Right. So, <laughs> I, did, I, I, yeah, I didn't really like, kind of have the opportunity. Hey, I just want, you know, if, if it's now, it's like, cool, I just want to go and travel and do a road trip or this or that. At the time, it wasn't really, it wasn't really an option unless like, my parents or my friend's parents were going to kind of take us on this adventure, which, uh, you know, it didn't happen, but you know, I, I saw, I, I saw multiple, I saw various cities, but primarily in the Eastern province. Gotcha. I think I went to, Did, I want to say I went to Jeddah once and I okay. don't think I've actually been to Riyadh. I don't think I've actually been to Riyadh. Okay. Interesting. Anyway, yeah. Interesting. So w- what made you want to go back to the country? It's just that, that, that sense there. It's like, it's an, in, this intangible feeling of like, excitement around how quickly the country is changing like it is like usually when i make videos in in different countries that i travel to i i try to focus on you know cultural stuff and 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 food and 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 people but in in saudi i've actually made a couple videos about um like i made a video about that zed concert and i was back actually uh just this fall and i went uh to a wwe match with logan paul and I made a video about that. <laughs> I know it's, it's wow. crazy, right? But I normally I would never make a video about that kind of thing. Cause my, my channel's about travel and culture, but in Saudi specifically, I think it's worth making because the video is not about Logan Paul doing WWE. The video is about this like phenomenon of this deeply conservative country that five years ago didn't have any of this stuff. And now suddenly they're they're bringing it all in all at once and it's it's not gradual they're not slowly introducing you know entertainment it's just like okay nothing and now everything to the maximum degree and it's just like wrestling and, and concerts and and f1 and everything and so to me it's just like from like a anthropological standpoint it's fascinating <laughs> to like take that in and record this culture like going through this massive shift right before my eyes and so that's why i want to keep going back is because it's just like every time even though it's been uh three times over the past three years like every time i go back it's already changed so much and the way people dress and the way they interact with one another the way people are in public and and um so i just think it's fascinating to 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 watch that happening in real time 
I hear that, man. What's been the response to you going to that country in particular? Because I'm sure you got a lot of love, especially from people locally or people in the region. But I would predict from my own experience that you must have gotten some pushback <laughs> from people in the West who either are claiming that you know, I'm sure you have people, you know, probably claiming that you're a propagandist or that you're in cahoots with the in cahoots with the government or someone is paying you to say these things or doing these things. I, I'm, I'm sure you, you must have. I'm sure you must have had some interesting responses. So. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Actually, it's funny. <laughs> of course. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, it's funny because I remember the, the first time I think we ever directly interacted was I had been following you on Twitter and I saw you um, you were you were in some kind of conversation or debate with someone uh, about Saudi Arabia. And I kind of chimed in and said, yeah, I was just there. And, and I agree. There were a lot of nice things about it. <laughs> and you responded like, I guess this guy's on the payroll too, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I, I, I've had people like straight up, like acute, like claiming that uh, it's funny. Cause the, 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 I'll tell you the countries where, cause whatever country I go to, I'll post about it. Right. Yeah, like yeah. I'll, you know, if I'm in the USA, I'll document the trip. If I'm in the UK, I was just in South Africa. I was posting photos there. I'll do the same in Turkey. If I'm in, when I'm in Qatar, pushback. Dubai, pushback. <laughs> Turkey, pushback. Like right? clockwork. And, it, and yeah. it's, yeah, it's kind of interesting. I'm sure I'd get the same if I went to China, for example. But, yeah. but it's kind of interesting how it's like, you know, people want you to kind of be allowed to go to certain places or if you go to certain places like they only want you to be allowed to say certain things about them that completely fit in with their preconceptions and people get particularly strangely there's a type of person who gets very strangely upset if you don't you know <laughs> if your experience doesn't match their very very negative preconceptions which i think is kind of odd because i'm like it wouldn't it wouldn't it be, isn't it a good thing that this place or these people or whatever are not as bad and severe and nasty as what, whatever you have in your mind? I'm like, isn't that, isn't that a good thing? And it's like, I don't know. It seems like people like to have their, their ideas and they don't want to be questioned and they don't want to be challenged. They don't want to, and they, and they themselves would not ever want to go there. And I think not even because I, I think people are almost even sometimes scared to go to these places at this point because they're afraid that their preconceptions might be might be wrong. These ideas that they've been holding for many, many decades and what they've imagined in their brain and this and this, if they go there and they're like, oh, actually, everyone's like being really nice to me and is being hospitable <laughs> and actually it's it's clean and it's safe and it's OK. This is not what I've been sort of told or believed my whole life. I think there's some type of cognitive dissonance at play there. And it's it's interesting because as well, you know, it's it's not hard to point out the flaws of any country. Right. Like especially if you if you travel to places, you can you can see, look, these are the pros. These are the cons. This is the reality of the situation. These are things that they do that are good. These are things I disagree with. These are things that, you know, the government does this and the people are like this and whatever. I mean, if you want it to be like, you know, you're an American, I'm a, I'm from the U.K., it's not hard to create an incredibly negative narrative about either of our countries, right? Like right. The, the, Great Britain and the United States of America are not exactly like free of sin. Like these, these are not countries who historically and currently so close. Yeah. Are, yeah, have been like, you know, oh, like angels in this world, right? So right. 
it's kind of odd to me how people will do that. But also you recognize that, look, you know, there's governments and there's people and there's the country and these are like different things. And I, I don't know. I, I just I think it's interesting how how people are often unable to parse that out. And I think one reason for that is because a lot of people don't travel. So if you don't travel at all and you refuse to, it's one thing not traveling because you absolutely don't have the means or whatever. But it's another thing when you just, you know, kind of refuse to and you're just one of these people's like, nope, like, I'm just going to stay here, live and die and stay here forever. And I don't want to see anywhere else. And I'm not interested. And I'm like, well, in that case, I'm not pardon me if I don't take your opinion on all these places which you you've never stepped foot in and by your own admission have no interest in doing so i'm gonna take those opinions with a massive grain of salt especially if you're telling me about a place that i myself have been to and spent time in then i don't know man it's a strange yeah thing. <laughs> oh i i totally agree especially on the cognitive dissonance point it, it's it's so true it's like it's like people don't want to be have their 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 preconceptions challenged because then it's like what else do I what else could I be wrong about and and I've always it, it's interesting because like a lot of these countries like Saudi as the the golden example that people have very strong opinions about typically not to say everyone a lot of people are are super you know knowledgeable about it even if they've never been there you know they're researched but most people it comes from this like vague notion of like badness or like danger or or you know whatever negative emotion but it's it's not like this you know well-researched uh you know thesis it's it, it's just like uh saudi is 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 bad and like you know people have no rights there and 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 like yeah yeah that's a bad country and it, it, it's funny that it, it's so strong because it, it's kind of like I like I wonder to what extent a lot of it is evidence based versus just like basic stereotypes at the end of the day. Mm. Like and then I not only a lot of it Oh sorry, go ahead. Don't mean to interrupt. Well, I was just gonna say the funny thing for me has always been like going to these places, especially in the Islamic world, is is um not only is it not as bad or not bad, like some would say, but in a lot of ways it's like they're so much more hospitable than we would be in the West. They're so much more kind, more generous. Like I'll be in on the streets in Saudi Arabia, or I've spent a lot of time in Iraq actually over the last couple of years. And like an old grandpa will come up to me on the street and say like, how are you? How is everything? If you need anything at all, like here's my son's number. You, you can, you can stay at my house, come for dinner. And I'm like, I'm picturing like, you know, an American grandpa going up to some, Arab teenager who's clearly out of place, you know, visiting for the first time in, in New York City and saying, hey there, fella, do you do you want to come stay at my house? Like, it's inconceivable. <laughs> so it's it's like not to say people in the West are not friendly or not welcoming or not generous, but it's it's just funny to have it be like the outpouring of it in the Middle East yes. oftentimes is, is like overwhelming. So it, yes. it's, people, it's such an people opposite. In general, people in general are more hospitable in the Middle yeah. East. Um, and another thing is, you know, I mean, look, countries vary, but certainly with the Gulf countries, they are far safer than oh, yeah. big Western cities. I mean, if you're when it comes to, you know, places like again, you know, Saudi Arabian cities or Dubai, Abu Dhabi, you know, Bahrain, Doha, I always get questions about safety. And I'm like, bro, you live in New York. I'm like, bro, you live in New York. You live in L.A. 
what are you talking about? Say, you live in London. Like, yeah. I, 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 like it, it, it's so interesting. And I'm like, the people have this idea that like, I, I don't know, I grew up in some war zone or something and people are, and I'm like, dude, it's, I've traveled a lot and the Middle East is where I feel safest. Um, oh yeah. You know, if I, if I, if I were going somewhere where there's like, yeah, if I'm going somewhere where there's like a conflict going on, like, I don't know, you, you've been to Iraq. I haven't been to Iraq, but you know, if you're going to Iraq during a wartime or you Syria or, you know, Yemen or something, okay, that might be different, but I can certainly speak for the Gulf countries and say, man, like of all the places that I go to and I've been to, these are places where I have very like zero concern about safety. It's funny, even like you said, like if you were, the thing is if you were even in some other countries, right? And someone approached you and offered to, um, you know, invite you to a meal or, hey, you can stay at my house or whatever. Actually, you might think, okay, they're, maybe they're trying to scam me or there's, right. some, there's, some, <laughs> there's, some there's something sinister going on because this, this is kind of, this is kind of weird. But over there, it's like, you actually know that they that they mean it like oh no you actually can just go to this person's house and have dinner with their family and like that's all cool they're not they're not trying to get you they're not trying like they're literally just being welcoming and hospitable i mean i had this growing up in saudi i mean had so many incidents so many times where it's just like just unreal levels of hosp hospital i mean even if you just you go to a store say you're out and about shopping Right. Like that experience. I don't know. I go to a store in the UK. I go to a store. In US, like, you know, they just kind of look at me weird. And, you know, if I'm lucky, I'll get it. Like, oh, you know, well, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, you know, if I'm lucky, someone might come and help. But there it's like, you know, they want to make you tea. And, you know, they'll be asking you all these questions and just like, you know, gisting with you, as people say in Nigeria. And it's just it, it, it's, it's very interesting because I think the image of Islam and therefore Muslims, perhaps as a whole, in many Western countries, it's let's be real. There, there's a there's a negative perception amongst millions of people due mm -hmm. to certain things that happen, right? Like 9/11, etc. So take the obvious things, right? There have been extreme incidents that have happened, which have unfortunately for some people were essentially their introduction to um, you know people who are yeah. calling themselves Muslims or Islam or this part of the world or whatever. And then what, what comes next? I don't know, Iraq war, Syrian, Syrian war, Gulf war. Like, like there's, there's not a lot of positive, um, positive media, shall we say, that's flowing in that direction. And again, because places have been closed off and not a lot of people are sort of traveling or whatever, it forms this perception. And that can then trickle down into the people themselves. So people are like, oh, the people must be, as you said, you know, severe or inhospitable or yeah. even xenophobic or you know they or they they hate westerners or they hate this or they hate that I, i've had people say you know like oh my gosh like i've heard saudi arabia is like super racist or this or that like you know how how was it as a black person for you and i'm mm. almost kind of like what do you what do you like i don't i don't i genuinely don't even really know what they mean i'm like what do you mean as a like like there's saudis who have my skin color like i've never yeah. i i never experienced any anything like i i <laughs> the 20 wow. years I lived there, like, you know, I, I didn't experience any sort of racism or whatever. But I don't know, you know, but people do also do this with different countries, right? There's people who say, you know, the USA is a horribly racist country or the UK is a horribly racist country or this place or that place, Eastern Europe, Romania, Poland, like, and I've been to all these places. And I'm kind of like, look, results may vary. I can't say I speak for everyone or, you know, like, there's certainly bad people out there. But something you learn when you travel a lot is that most people... I always say most people in this world 
are decent or at least trying to be right i've never totally been to any agree. place i've never been to any city i've never been to any country where i was like oh my gosh like the people here are just the people are just horrible <laughs> you know like yeah it, it's it's just not the reality yeah that's the thing it's like it it, it it's just like the number one lesson of travel is like is like to stop applying these broad labels to populations of literally tens or hundreds of millions of people like it just doesn't it just doesn't make sense to do like from a pragmatic standpoint to just assume like an entire country is some way like and the other thing that like that that i've realized is like people want to like uh oftentimes declare that like a country even if not in a bad way but just like oh they think this way or, or they do this way and it's like once you actually go there and spend time with the people you realize it's like just because these people don't speak your language or have the same culture as you it doesn't mean like they're within their country or, or their culture or whatever is any less like intellectually diverse or uh, than any other than your own country or any other place mm-hmm. like there is a huge spectrum of people in every community, every country, every however you want to group them across the world, and so yeah, it just—I I don't know—it—it it, it, the more you travel, I think the more you realize that like these trying to to label places like that uh, is kind of like a f- exercise in, in futility, you know? Yeah, yeah. I often talk about resolution, and I think it takes you from low resolution worldviews to high resolution, mm-hmm. right? And I think low-resolution worldviews, and this can go across so many dimensions, I think one reason they appeal is, you know, I think, well, a couple. I think number one is just that it's simple. Um, You know, I think it's simple. And I think that human beings, both physically and mentally and emotionally, people often want the sort of path of least resistance, right? The world is extremely complicated. Human beings are very complicated. Societies, cultures, nations, all these things are, it's very complicated. And I think it's... I think people are drawn into like binaries or small numbers of boxes because then you can just put a label on the box and yep. you don't need to get to know individuals, right? So if you can just have a belief that um, um, Americans are fat and arrogant, that's my view of Americans, <laughs> right? Then it's like, cool, done. To, yeah, like you, you don't need to bother getting to know anybody you just you just have that label okay this is just my thought of that country you know oh and they and you know they're they're greedy right this this is my view of this country my view of this country or people do it with races people do it with ethnicities people even do it with entire genders you know all men all men are x all women are y and it's such a it's 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 obviously very inaccurate it's like the most low resolution view you can have um, but when you meet yeah. people, when you travel, when you actually talk to people, it's like turning up the resolution button and you see, oh, okay, you start with this low res worldview where it's just, okay, we got, we got a couple boxes here and I'm just kind of throwing people in these boxes and then you travel and you meet people and you realize, oh, actually, oh, okay, this person, okay, these people are, they're breaking my preconceived notions. They're, they're breaking my prejudices, my biases, whatever. I need to tune in. I need to go more high resolution. And the more you do it, you actually ultimately end up at a point where you really realize you kind of come back to what was realized a long time ago, which is that, okay, everyone's an individual. Um, You can't judge a a race, ethnicity, nationality, religion, um, a gender or whatever. Like you can't just like throw some label on these whole boxes, which fit millions to billions of people and think that that's going to be an accurate 
an accurate and reasonable worldview. And if you look at so many historical problems and even current problems, that's kind of what it stems from. It, it stems from just kind of having this low resolution view. And it's like, okay, all X people are bad. All Y people are good. All this is this. And it's just like, and then off the back of that, um, that's where, that's where prejudice comes from, right? That's where like genuine bigotry and animosity and whatever comes from. Cause it's just like, oh, okay. Um, this person is from this country, so I don't like them. This person has this skin color, so I don't like them. They have, you know, this is how they practice their religion. And this is my view of that box. So I don't like them. And I'm just like, guys, get out there, see the world. <laughs> yeah, it, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, just go. It's like, oh, yeah. it makes sense. It's because it's like the more, it's like, it, it's easier. It's like less work to just have a, a lower resolution view. And it's yeah. then easier to persuade people or influence people based on those uh, low resolution assumptions. So if you have higher resolution, it's more data to take in, more to process, it's harder work. It's it's a lot it's a lot more to learn and differences and and uh, you know similarities and things to analyze. But it's like it's inherently more accurate and like th- that is it's like the only way to to like be truthful about learning the places, culture, people, whatever, is to like have more rather than less. Like it's inherently better. You know, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. yeah no, you're you're completely right. And I'd I'd also argue that it gives you. It might be a little bit harder cognitively, but it's not that hard. Um, yeah. But also it, it makes <laughs> and it's you, fun. It's fun. I was going to say it, it allows you to actually enjoy, enjoy the life, enjoy life and enjoy places and enjoy the people um, with, more so. Right. Because if you just live in your little corner and you just sit there, you know, you're just in your little geographic corner and you just have this low resolution view and you, you're kind of stealing opportunities from yourself, right? Oh, yeah. You're never, you're never giving yourself the chance to talk to certain people or make certain friends. Like you, the fact, I mean, the fact you have friends in Saudi Arabia, right? Like that would not happen if that would not be a possibility if you didn't just be like, hey, you know what? I'm going to go, I'm going to go to this strange foreign land and I'm going to see what it's like and I'm going to just treat people like individuals and I'm going to talk to them and they do the same back to you. And it's like, Oh, okay, cool. Great. Now I have friends here. Now I have friends there. I've had this experience. I had the chance to do this. I had the chance to do that. And I'm big on travel for a lot of reasons, but one of them is just because, you know, there's the world has so much to offer, right? There's so many cool places, interesting things to see, interesting things to do, potential friends to make, there's so much opportunity that's out there. And it's not like, you know, I'm not here, sitting here saying you know, everyone needs to go to every single 190 plus country or something, right? That's generally not practical, sure. but it just expands. It expands your view. I don't know anyone who's like worse for having traveled a lot. Yeah, you know I mean? no, like, no every, way. <laughs> no, like, like it, it just gives more, it gives more perspective. It gives a more accurate worldview. It also, it also, fi- I also find that it, um, it can make you more gracious of your own country, right? And I think this is especially important for people in the West because the West has so many great qualities. The USA, amazing qualities. The UK, so many great great qualities. Like, you know, there's pros and cons to everywhere. But if you have no reference point, right? If you're there saying the USA is the best and you've never left the USA, I'm like, well, what are you comparing to, bro? Like, you've, if you haven't been anywhere, how can you say that, yeah, we're the best at like everything? And you're I'm like, well, 
no, you're you're not right. Like you, you're just saying that because you've, you've kind of been told to. But if you actually travel, you'll see the things that actually the USA is fantastic at, and you'll appreciate you'll appreciate them even more. And then you'll also see the things where it's like, ah, okay, actually, you know what? That place is doing certain things better than we are. Maybe maybe we can learn from that, and maybe I can integrate some of that into my life or into my country. I, I think all world leaders or city mayors, whatever, I, I think they should like go around to all these other places and everyone should, everyone should learn from each other, right? Like yeah, all like directions. a required I, field I think, trip. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone, everyone should, should learn from each other, right? If, you are, if you've grown up and you live in the Middle East and you've never been to the West, whatever, I'm like, you know, go to Europe, go to the USA, go to Canada, go, go to these places and you will learn certain things and pick up certain things and break down certain stereotypes. And these are some things that, you know, maybe your country can do better simultaneously you know cool you're from the west you've grown up you know you've just lived in california your whole life and you haven't seen anything else i'm like cool like go to some other places and you'll come back just just with a different again just just a higher resolution worldview and you'll get that chance to again you know go outside your own personal comfort zone Lead, you know, have more, have more self-development learn a little bit of some languages you know, just, just get out of yeah. that that micro bubble man it is funny because like with america specifically you know the, one of the, the the whole premises of america is that it's this melting pot of kind of taking the best and brightest you know i'm talking about when it, when it was first created it's a nation of immigrants and it's like you know it's taking all these great ideals and turning it into this this country that is you know um so great in a lot of ways and it's it's like now it makes me a little bit um, sad to see that like a lot of Americans don't have this urge to travel anymore because it's like that notion of like learning from the world and, and taking all of the best parts and combining to create something amazing is kind of fading a little bit. And I think that's mm. just talking from an American perspective. I know that pe people always ask me like, oh, what's America's reputation in the countries you visit? And it's not like, oh, we're fat or dumb or <laughs> annoying or obnoxious I, I mean sometimes people say that but it's like the main one is just that <clears throat> is just that they don't really know anything about the world and i think that's mm. one of the symptoms of being kind of this hegemon for so long is like and we're geographically isolated and a whole bunch of reasons but it's like americans don't feel so much of an urge to travel and they're just i think a little bit less engaged with the rest of the world than like a lot of the European countries, for example. Yeah. And there's a little bit of this sense that like we're at the center of the universe, like this is kind of the pinnacle and like everything else is just kind of whatever around us. But there's so much to be like learned and and, and taken away from in, in, in the rest of the world that it's such a valuable experience. Like you were saying, like it's just people need to get out and, 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 and mm -hmm. see that just for the, the experiences. Absolutely, man. I agree 100%. I, I, I think the USA um, and by extension, Americans are perhaps the most voluntarily isolationist nation, <laughs> right? You have places that are involuntarily isolationist, right? They're just they're just closed off to the world. And yep. they don't have, you know, North Korea, China, you know, Saudi Arabia prior to it, like opening up in the way that it is and so on. Um, it's kind of like people are just isolationist because okay well you know you don't have the access there right um 
but in the U.S., again, I'm not, like, I'm not trying to speak on behalf of 340 million people, but there sure. can be yeah. this. It's, a, it's like a combination of, of pride and complacency and lack of intellectual curiosity that just is like, nope, this is it. I'm just going to stay here. I'm not. <laughs> people, there's people who almost take pride in a level of ignorance. Like they almost take pride in the fact that they don't know anything about the world. Right. And I'm yeah. like, well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm American and like, I don't need to. It's like, I don't need I'm to like, care. I'm, like, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of like, it's not really a pride point. Right. Like you I, look, I think patriotism is cool, but I don't think blind patriotism to like the extent of not even being curious as to what else is going out there or having some basic knowledge of other parts of the world. Again, even if you haven't even been there just to like know some things that are outside your borders. I think no matter where you are from, that's a positive quality. I think that's that's a good thing to have. It's also again, it also helps you to connect with people because if you meet someone from another country, even even another city, well, you know, you 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 at least know a little bit. You know a tiny bit about where they're from and even that can just help with like a conversation or rapport building or even just understanding, right? If people just understood each other, then there'd be a lot more conflict along all the different potential lines that can divide humanity because you realize, okay, cool. Like there's the differences and the differences are interesting too. Like the, the differences are cool. If there were no differences, then what would be the point in traveling, right? There's no point going yeah. to 50 different countries if they're all exactly the same. So the differences are cool, but you also see the similarities and you realize, oh, actually cool. Like, okay, there's a different language here. There's a different culture. There's a different style of food, a different style of dress, but at the core what people human nature and what people want and the things that make them happy and the things that they want for their family and their careers and whatever it really does not differ that much place to place well and that's true diversity you know people in the west talk about diversity so much which is which is great in theory but it's like true diversity is places that are unapologetically themselves and that mm. not some kind of um you know quasi diversity within the approved parameters it's like going to places like saudi arabia where okay maybe i go there do do i do i agree with 100% of saudi government's positions or whatever no of course not i don't with any government but it's like mm -hmm. going there and experiencing that is having a truly eye opening and diversifying experience where you are seeing and and as you say, like at the end of the day, of course, you find that there is so much in common, but there's also a lot of amazing differences, amazing just in the fact that they are different. Like it's fascinating. That is our world. It's it's so cool to to see those things and experience true diversity in that sense. And then you take back from it what you will, whether it's appreciation for your home country or, oh, they're doing this really well. I'm going to think about that more and, and then we should implement that back home or but it's like that is 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 a true uh you know, exploration of diversity which where if you're closed off to those kind of experiences then i, I think it's uh, it's difficult to make the case that you're interested in in in, in diversity if you're not willing to mm. explore those kind of things you know absolutely man so tell me more about uh, other countries you've been to so you've been to 50 now i mean that's a that's a that's a big number um are there any other standouts for you or what, what, what are some other places that surprised you um, or were very different from what you'd anticipated? 
Oh man. Well, the, the big one that comes to mind for me is Iraq. Um, yeah. so I spent, uh, I've been there again, five times, actually. Again, this is interesting because I have preconceived notions, right? Like yeah, Iraq. Yeah. <laughs> when, when you think Iraq, you, you literally think war, Saddam Hussein, like yep. violence. <laughs> like that's, that's where your brain goes. That's the reality of it. Yeah. And like, that's the thing. It also, it's not to say like with our whole conversation talking about, you know, people's preconceptions, like there's nothing wrong with having the preconceptions of course because like there's a reason for them and we've also been bombarded in the west by a certain media narrative like for our entire lives like 20 years was just war 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 with iraq and and terrorism and and danger but um yeah it's i mean as we discussed like it was a super eye-opening experience again of course and a lot of things were not as they appeared and and um uh, you know, one of the other big takeaways is like nothing is as we kind of talked about this, but nothing is as simple um, as it's made to be in in the sense of, you know, in, in Iraq, it's in the sense of, OK, it's a dangerous country. It's like, OK, well, what does that mean? It has a lower rate of gun violence in Iraq than in the United States. So I have a higher chance of walking down the street and getting shot in America than I do in Baghdad. That's pretty jarring. Uh, and then it's like looking at it as a monolith it's like well okay iraq is dangerous so is the u.s a dangerous country in iraq okay I'm, I'll, I'll go to certain neighborhoods and cities and and regions that that are the safer ones and just like i won't go to bad neighborhoods in the u.s or in latin america or literally anywhere else i travel and so it's like i that it, it's 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 just it's just about for me, it was about, you know, going and, and, and seeing it for myself. And, and I found it to be amazing. I mean, I think four or five years ago, it could have been a different uh, situation in, in a lot of the different regions in Iraq because of ISIS and everything. But yeah, for me, I don't know. Iraq was just the most eye-opening uh, experience. It was, uh, I, I was hesitant to say it the first time because I, I didn't want to, uh, tell people that oh it's totally safe or or oh it's it's not safe i wanted to just say this is my experience this is the experience i had um but i've been back there five times now and i actually feel confidently that it is uh a it is possible to visit that country safely just like it's possible to visit latin america safely whereas latin america has tons of problems with uh you know drug cartels and things like that it's like yes iraq has its issues but uh, can it be visited safely? I believe very strongly the answer is yes. And there's so much to see there. Not to go on and on about Iraq, but if Iraq didn't have its history of conflict like it like it has had, um, I mean, it's like nearly on par with Egypt with the level of, of uh, ancient civilization, civilizational history that you can find there. So it is just like ripe for tourism. And uh, it's a really, ex it's another one like Saudi that it's a really exciting destination because it's kind of you know it's got a ways to go but it's it's just beginning to kind of come onto the scene and like there's just so much potential there okay that's that's see that that's so interesting <laughs> to me man so you've been to iraq six times now five times yeah six five times okay soon <laughs> okay <laughs> yeah that's so fascinating to me man like i yeah again it's it's not on 
it's not on most people's radar as like, okay, let's 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 plan our let's plan our vacation. Where should we go? Hmm. How about, <laughs> how about Iran? <laughs> yeah. And look, when I first went there, like my friend, uh, who's a, another travel YouTuber, he he messaged me in August of 2021 and was like, hey, want to go to Iraq with me in two weeks? It's like uh, five years ago. This is not a DM I expected to, to be receiving, but here we are. <laughs> and uh, and I just thought about it. And I was like, oh, geez, Iraq it sounds kind of sketchy, but um you know, he, he kind of just talked me into it and I was like, all right, sure. And so two weeks later we we're in Iraq and we went with a tour and, you know, we took the proper precautions. We didn't go there and just run around on the streets. And, and, you know, it's not like, you know, you're in, you know, Miami beach or something, but it's, it's, um, yeah, it, it, it's, I don't think it's a mass tourism destination, but from an ad adventure, uh, and, and, um, and especially coming for me coming from the youtube perspective like it made a lot of sense and it's it is uh it is kind of coming out of the out of the shadows of this long you know tragic history um so that's so interesting yeah. what is it that um if you could share a message to people who are non-travelers people who you know just haven't traveled maybe whether whether they want to or they don't want to um wh why do you think it's so important to do that to travel? Why is tra yeah, why is, why is yeah. travel so important? Why, why, do you, why do you think, based on your experiences as someone who's seen, to, seen more countries than 99% of the planet? <laughs> um, yeah, it's just like, I mean, as you said earlier, it's like if you have the means to, uh, then it's almost like how can you not? Because there's just so much out there to be discovered. And all it can do is enrich your life. I mean, the negative experiences can enrich you, whether they teach you a lesson or they make you stronger in some way. Uh, and then the positive lessons, of course, are just like they're overwhelming. And it, it just teaches you about humanity. It teaches you about, you know, your fellow man. It, 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 it makes our differences appear smaller. And I just think it is, it, it changes the way you see the world, like in your everyday interactions with people, you have a greater appreciation for people, for their diversity, for their backgrounds. So it's, it's just, I don't know. It's hard to put into a, a few words, I guess for me, but it's, it's just like uh, it, it just makes your life richer. Like that, that's, that's it at the end of the day. I love that, man. And uh, where is next on the schedule for you? What, what are, what have you got coming up this year? Uh, um, so I'm heading to, uh, Philippines in a couple weeks. Um, so it'll be good to get out there. I'm looking forward to, uh, you know, some tropical vibes and then, um, going to be going to Pakistan, uh, which will be another real exciting one for me, uh, to some of the Northern territories and do some trekking out there. And then, uh, back to the States a little bit in the summer. And then in the fall, I'm actually running, uh, two group trips to Iraq. So to anyone that's uh, listening or watching right now, if I've convinced you about the merits of Iraq, uh, hit me up and we've got a few spots open. And you too, Zuby, <laughs> you should come along, man. I'm, I'm telling you, it would, it would blow you away. That's dope, man. That's awesome, man. When, when are you going? What month is that? It's uh, two trips in October. So uh, summer is basically off limits, like you know from Saudi. <laughs> in that part of the world is like not pleasant. Um, but... Uh, October will be going and, and hopefully a couple more over the winter 2023, 2024. 
So that's amazing, man. Doug, it's been an honor and a pleasure to talk to you, bro. I love what you're doing. I think your channel is super dope and very, very insightful and entertaining. Where can people find and follow you online? You bet. Uh, it's uh, on YouTube. It's just Doug Barnard, my name. And then on Instagram, Doug underscore Barnard as well. So, uh, hey, I appreciate it, Zuby. A big fan of yours for a long time. And it's a uh, great conversation. Great talking to you, man. Hope to see you out there again uh, in the near future. No doubt, bro. I appreciate it, man. Thanks for coming on the show. All righty. Take it easy.